What I want to do this morning for a few moments is look with you at God's Word and what will happen, what can take place this coming year when our relationship with God is based upon not I, and, and just follow with me as I say these words, not just trust and obedience, but I'm going to interject this word, complete, say that word with me, complete, complete trust and uh, obedience to the word of God. Someone said this, a relationship without trust is like a car without fuel, it cannot move forward. And when our relationship with God is not what it needs to be, it's not at a place where there is complete trust in his word, we're not going to get any further than we were last year. We're not going to get any further than we were yesterday if there is not a complete trust put in God's word and in his faithfulness because this is the most important uh, factor if we're going to experience blessing, productivity, and a prosperous year. Today, I ask the question this morning to each and every one of us, including myself, obviously, begins with me as a pastor. The question is, do you trust God completely. Do you trust them completely? I entitled this sermon, Complete Trust. It's going to be critical for you and I. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to be going through the first 10 verses uh, in, in this message this morning. So just keep your Bible open to that book of Proverbs chapter 3, starting with verse number 1. Solomon is writing, the, the, the wisest man on the face of the earth at that time. And he's bringing words of wisdom. And he says, my child, remember my teachings and instructions and obey them completely. They will help you live a long and prosperous life. Let love and loyalty always show like a necklace and write them in your mind God and people will like you and hold you in high esteem. With all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not your own judgment. Always let him lead you and he will clear the road for you to follow. Don't ever think that you are wise enough, but respect the Lord and stay away from evil. This will make you healthy and you will feel strong. Honor the Lord by giving him your money and the first part of all your crops. Then you will have more grain and grapes than you will ever need. I read uh, this, this portion of scripture out of the, uh, the uh, CEV version. And so uh, that is, this is something that I wanted to stress as I was preparing this, uh, the specifics that God places on his word when we read it. And, and the first point is that, yes, God's word is always specific. It is never vague. God wants to be clear. 
to, to you and I wants to make abundantly clear what his desires are, what his purpose is for our lives. Don't you thank God for that this morning? That we can look at the word of God and be, cl be clear about what truth is or truth isn't, what good is or, or what evil isn't. You know, in a world that is, that is so clouded with confusion, in a world that is so clouded with, with vagueness, and, and where there is no real clarity about life and what life is about, thank God we can turn to his word and have confidence that when God speaks, praise God, I know exactly what I need to do. I know exactly what God is asking me to uh, do in my life. You see, there's no vagueness, no, in, in, in these scriptures that we just read out of Proverbs 3 in the first 10 verses there, no vagueness, no ands, ifs, or buts, no partial obedience. He didn't say, uh, love me with some of your heart or with a little bit of your heart, or that we were to sometimes uh, supposed to trust him and, and, and sometimes uh, uh, look to him for guidance. But instead, when you look at these uh, scriptures that we read, the words stand out to us that speak completely. He uses that word. Always he uses that word. Must he uses that. And all the, the, uh, your crops, he uses that word. These are words that are definitive. No vagueness. No, cannot be misunderstood but they are clear. He says, I want you to understand that you must trust me, complete me, completely. And uh, if you're going to be blessed and if I'm going to clear the path and if you're going to have a long and prosperous life and if you're going to see fruitfulness, then there must be complete trust. And that's the supreme issue for our hearts this morning. Specific. I want to look with you at the effects of complete trust in our lives. When we completely yield our lives over to God. The word complete. Think about that word. What does it mean? It means all-inclusive. Nothing held back. That's what the word complete means. You know, moms and dads, when you give your kids uh, a task to do, you want them to accomplish that task. If they come back and say, well, I did most of it, you look at them and say, I didn't ask you to do most of it. I asked you to clean your room, all of it. I asked you to take not some of the trash out. I asked you to take all of the trash out. See, we understand what the word complete means. And when there is a completeness in our lives when it comes to trusting the Lord and his word, I'll tell you what, then God will begin to do glorious and marvelous things in our lives as we begin to yield our lives more completely to him. The word translated trust, because we're talking about complete trust. It means to lie helpless face down. It's taken from the, the uh, meaning and the illustration in the, the Old Testament. 
picturing a servant waiting for the master's command uh, uh, to be ready to obey. In other words, uh, here I am. I'm face down. I'm, 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 I'm wide open. Give me your orders and I will do them. It gives us another illustration of a, a soldier defeated, surrendering himself to the conquering army. That's what that word completely means, to just holding nothing back. It's surrender. And when we understand that this morning, that God requires and wants a complete surrender of our trust in Him, and when we do that, He will take us to new levels in our walk with Him. He will take us to new experiences and blessings uh, in our lives because God's promises are tied to our complete trust and obedience to his word. When you read these 10 verses, you, you read that there are links to our complete surrender and obedience in trusting God and acknowledging Him always in every area and surrendering all that we have. And as His promises are linked and tied to our complete obedience to His Word, He says if we remain faithful, some great things are going to happen. How many want wonderful things uh, to take place in your life this coming year? I do. I want great and wonderful things uh, to take place in this congregation and ministry. We've got some wonderful things planned uh, this coming year, but it's going to take uh, us, you and me, trusting God with everything we have completely in order for those things to take place. Verse 1 and 2, if we obey his teachings and instructions completely, then we will live a long and prosperous life. When we do our part, God says, I'm going to do mine. When we are completely surrendered and completely trusting him and his word, hey, God says, here I come. Verse 5 and 6, he says, with all your heart, you must trust the Lord and not lean on your own judgment, but always let him lead you, and he will clear the road for you to follow. You see, verse 5 is the instruction and the condition, and then verse 6 is the promise being fulfilled. And when we fulfill and, uh, uh, the instruction of God's word in our lives, uh, the promises will follow. This is what the word of God is saying. Obedience to God, God's word, it clears our path and removes the obstacles or hindrances or the barriers that want to trip us, off and trip us up and get us off course. God says, when you do this and uh, you completely trust me and, and, and you honor me completely, he said, I'll clear the obstacles. You know, some of us uh, started 2023 and uh, the devil lied to us and says, yeah, but 
there's still these things that you got to get past and these things that are still going to come up and these things you still have to deal with. How many know what I'm talking about? Devil always loves to, to knock us off course and get us to look at the negative instead of what God promises. And here this morning in God's word, uh, he says, uh, if we trust him with not some of our heart or a portion of our heart, but with all, all of our heart. And then we don't try and figure things out by ourselves and our own judgment. Guess what? Those hindrances, those obstacles, those fears, those things, he's going to clear them right out of the way. He's going to make a path for you to be on the right road with him to blessing. And what this means is total commitment, complete. There's that word, surrender of our heart to the Lord. Because, you know, when we think about last year, maybe there was times that we held back part of our heart from serving God. We, 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 it was divided in some of the areas of our, our thinking and our service to God. And that's why it, we didn't experience the full blessing and, and the promises of God's word. We have a tendency as a sister was, uh, we were singing and she was ministering and said sometimes we want to blame God for what we don't have and what has not been given to us yet when we ought to start looking in, in, in the mirror and saying, have I fully surrendered my heart to God? Does he have complete 100% of my heart? Because if he doesn't, then those promises uh, aren't going to come to pass the way we want them to. He's talking about total commitment. Listen to Paul in Romans chapter number 12. And this is a good study this morning because there are questions that we have when, when things don't go our way, or when, you know, you know, we're not experiencing what we thought God wanted to do in our lives, what we need to do is not start pointing fingers at people or God, but start looking at our relationship with God. Because, again, if our relationship with God isn't fueled by complete trust, we're not going anywhere. Nothing is going to take place. Listen to Paul. Dear friends, God is good. Say God is good with me this morning. God is good. So I beg you to offer your bodies to him as a living sacrifice, pure and pleasing. That's the most sensible way to serve God. Don't be like people of this world, but let God change the way you think then you will know how to do everything that is good and pleasing to him. Complete surrender, a living sacrifice. And don't let your thoughts and judgments get in the way of what God wants to do in your life. Because we're good at doing that, aren't we? We're good at, at, at trying to figure things out. Sometimes we think we're wiser and smarter than God and his word and begin to question God's dependability and his consistency. What causes that? What causes us to doubt God? What causes us to question God, God's ability and his faithfulness? Well, I'll tell you what causes that is when our trust in him has been, been diluted or 
has, has been contaminated by our stinking thinking, by our own ideas and our own, our own thoughts. They go contrary to God's word. That's when we start to dilute God's trust and start to question his faithfulness. And verse 7 says, Don't ever think that you are wise enough, but respect the Lord and stay away from evil. Respect the Lord. When we respect God's word, there's a complete trust in the word of God. I want to tell you something. The devil might throw his temptation. He might throw his, his, his stumbling blocks and try to trip us up. But I'll tell you what, uh, when we surrender completely, flying face down uh, and, and crying out, God, I, I am here trusting you. God will clear the way for those lies to be destroyed, to be removed, uh, and uh, God will bless us. God will provide for us. God is always consistent. He is never inconsistent. You and I, the only time that we are most of the time consistent is in our inconsistencies. And, 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 and so it's, it's like, you know, we're on fire one week and then the next week we're, it's, well, I don't know what happened. Where did God go? And we're inconsistent in our dedication, in our trust with God. Listen to Psalms 22, verse 4 and 5. The psalmist is writing and says, Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. I mean, I think about this congregation and this ministry for 47 plus 48 years. How we have trusted God for every need that has come towards this ministry, that we have put our faith in God and believed Him to meet every need and open doors that no one would shut. And God always came through those 48 years. And I believe God is going to continue to come through as we place our complete trust in Him without wavering. Always trust the Lord. Doesn't mean that we turn off our brains and that we ignore common sense because God has given us common sense. Praise God for that. He's given us intelligence. But simply when it says do not trust your own judgment, it's saying don't let your own mind, your own thinking get in the way before you turn to God and his word. Turn to God's word first. See what God says about the issue. See what the word of God says about this situation or that circumstance or your life. And then apply that to your life before you start looking to other people's experiences and, and your past experiences because we're good at that, aren't we? We're good at looking, well, this is what I did yesterday or this is what I did back in 22 or back in 85 and it seemed to work, or back in, you know, I'm dating myself, uh, back in, in, in 2020. You know, we need to put that stuff aside and turn to the Word of God and see what His Word says and then trust it. Don't doubt it. 
Because when we put our trust in the Lord, He'll never allow us to be ashamed or never allow us to be embarrassed. Because verse 8 says in our text, when we do that, this will make you healthy and you will feel strong. When we have complete trust in God, in His Word, in His promises, and there's complete obedience to His Word, God says, I'm going to make you healthy, and I'm going to make you stronger. How many want a healthier and stronger life in 2023? Yeah, I do. I need to be stronger than I was last year. Yes, in my faith, of course. And I want to be healthier in my faith and stronger in, in my, my, my confidence in God's Word. And how does that happen? When I completely surrender to the Lord. But I guarantee you, not only is it spiritually, but He'll begin to strengthen us physically. He'll begin to, to strengthen us in our, our mind, in, in, our, in our bodies. Some of you have already planned out your new exercise routines and better eating habits for 2023. And that's fine and that's good. We need to do that. But see, God's Word says that it's through complete trust in Him and in His Word uh, that even that aspect of your life will begin to take on new strengths uh, and uh, new health because God is the source of everything. God is the source. We have, see, and, and this is where we're going to look into in a few moments. We have to look at God as the source of life. It's, it's not, you know, whatever is the latest fad, you know, and, 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 and the latest things that, that people say you need to do in order to, to either be healthier or to be stronger. You know, when you put your trust in God, I, you know, I, I don't imagine there, there were uh, all these health clubs in, in Abraham's days. or You know, I'm thinking about that. Was there, you know... All these, these specific things. No, there wasn't. These, these men, and you, how long did they live? 900 years. A thousand years. They didn't lift one weight. <laughs> didn't belong to one membership club. They just served God. They trusted God. They put their complete trust in God, and God did those things. Well, why should it be any different today? Now, I don't know if I'm going to live 900 years. I'm having enough trouble with 73, you know. Uh, but at the same time, God is the source of everything. Which brings me to my last point is stewardship. Because in verse 9, when we look at the Word of God, He says, honor the Lord by giving Him your money and the first part of all your crops. Again, inclusivity. There, there's no obscurity. There, there's no vagueness that takes place. Not some of your crops, a part of your crops, a few of your crops. All. These are the words that, that, that are all inclusive that we spoke about at the beginning of this message. And he says when we do that, he says, 
There's the promise or the instruction. Now comes the promise. Then you will have more grain and grapes than you will ever need. Now, do you believe God's word? See, because when you believe God's word and, and there, there's a complete trust in the word of God, then scriptures like this one and many more throughout the word of God that speak to us about liberality and, and being obedient to, to God in our finances, our resources, uh, our gifts and talents, there'll be no question about doing it because we understand that when we do that, that God promises uh, there will be results, promises there will be blessing, and uh, there will be growth. You see, as stewards, God says, now, I am trusting you. We place our trust in God, who never fails, and God says, now I am placing my trust in you to be obedient and trust in me. It's called being a trustee. We know about that. We have that in, in, in law and in family planning, etc., and so on. Trustees. God has entrusted us with those blessings, those gifts, those talents, those resources that He has put in our care. He has trusted you and I with them. The opportunities. He's given us our families. He's entrusted us with our family, with our marriage, with our children. Those are gifts that God has given to us. They've come from Him. And so what that means as trustees, we are stewards. We are responsible for that trust and to remain faithful in returning to him the portion that he says should be returned, which are our tithes, the first fruits of our labors. This is the condition that God says for guidance in our lives, for, for, for helping to clear the road, to, to, to bring fruitfulness and blessing and provision in our lives. You see, this morning, there's no such thing as spiritual and material in the Christian life. You say, well, what do you mean, Pastor? There are spiritual and there are material. No, because everything, spiritual and material, comes from God. And the problem that comes is when we start to separate. Well, this is material, mine, and this is spiritual, God. You see what I'm talking about? Now there's a dividing line. But when you erase that dividing line and say, okay, material, this earthly stuff and things that we have here on earth, and the spiritual are all inclusive when it comes to being a Christian and when it comes to serving God. Because everything does come from God. Everything you have materially here on this earth, which includes family, houses, cars, blah, 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 blah. it comes from God. Amen. Your health, Amen. your clothes, 
this building, everything, your money, your savings, your, your, your balances, negative or positive, either way. It's all inclusive. Everything comes from God. So the question is, should believers, should Christians give less to the Lord than they give to the waiter after they eat a meal? <laughs> now, I'm not talking about tipping God. But what I am talking about is giving your tithe. Should we give less to God than we give to the Uber or the Lyft driver after he gets us to our destination? You see, because there are misconceptions about tithing. Some say tithing is an Old Testament law and ritual. And with Christians, it's, it's no longer required to follow. In Genesis chapter 8 and verses 20 and 22, the Word of God speaks concerning this, and Jacob having a vision of, of a ladder going uh, from, from heaven to, to earth and back and forth, and he had a revelation of God speaking to him and, and giving him guidance for his life. And listen to what Jacob says, and God made a vow. If God will be with me and keep me in this way that I am going and give me bread to eat and clothing to put on so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar, because he built an altar, shall be God's house. And all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. And you read that from, and the process of the Jews as an as a, a, a illustration, always maintaining that sacrifice of tithing and giving to the Lord. You can write these scriptures down if you're taking notes. Exodus chapter 13, verses 1 and 2. In Leviticus chapter 23, and in verse 19 through 14. And what they were doing was they were acknowledging God's grace and goodness upon their lives for meeting their needs. Are you acknowledging, can you acknowledge that God is a good God this morning? Some of you can. Can we acknowledge that God has provided all the food that we have and the clothing that we have in our backs today? Can we acknowledge that? Can we acknowledge that, that our children, our family, our, 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 our material possessions, uh, that can we acknowledge that God has given us all those things today? And the way we acknowledge that is by returning what God says we should return to him, which is the tenth and the tithe. You know, God's not like the restaurant industry. You know, they raised it up from 10% to 20. You notice that? And it's not even 20 anymore. It's already even got 22 now. 23, 24, even 25% if you really like the service. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 16, the first two verses, now about the collection for God's people, 
Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with his income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Paul wrote this as a Christian, but his history as a Jew. And in writing that, Paul understood the principle of giving and of tithing. And even though he didn't call it a tithe, he, from his experience as a Jew, understood about the principle of tithing and passing that on to the new church. You see, Christians are under a new law. We know we're not under the law of Moses, but we are now under the law of God's grace and of God's love for his mercy and his kindness in our lives. That's the new law that we're under. And don't you love God this morning? Do you love God this morning? That's the law that we are under, the law of God's love. And when you love God, how many know there's no problem in returning to him uh, what he asks for us to give? Because if we have a problem and we don't do that, then it means that there can't be a complete trust in God's word. That then there must be some kind of conflict because God, I don't know how I can do that because da 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 da. So what we are actually saying is, God, I'm not sure I can trust you. You see, our tithes and our offerings are not a payment for His blessings, but rather they are the evidence of our love towards Him because of His goodness in our lives. Giving is a heart, a part of, of, of our heart expressing our love to God. Because in Matthew 6, 21, it says, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So the question is, where and when and what has the Lord brought you from? and into the blessings that he has given to you. Think about where God brought you from before you were saved. Think about where God brought you from and what he did in your life and how he healed you, how he, he touched your life and put your family together and gave, gave you, a, if that was the case, a, a husband, a wife, a family, a kids, a job, a house, a car, whatever the case might be. He blessed your life. Think about that. And how can we ignore and not put our trust in God when it comes to stewardship, when it comes to complete and total trust and surrender to God and his word. Deuteronomy chapter 15 and verse 14 and 15, it says, Give to him as the Lord your God has blessed you. Remember, remember that you were slaves in Egypt and the Lord God redeemed you. Thank God for salvation. Thank God for redemption. And those of you who were born in church, 
Those of you who were never out in the world in Egypt and getting high and loaded or doing all the things your parents did, and you say, well, that doesn't apply to me. It does apply to you because God still set you free and, and, and gave you a new life and, and new promises that you didn't have before you accepted him as your Lord and Savior. So ask yourself this morning, can God trust me? with what he's allowed me to have. In whom do I place my faith? Do you really believe that God is your source in everything? If we do, then successful stewardship, we trust him in adversity. When things are tough, when things are rough, when things are not going the way I want, I still will trust God. Psalm 56, 4. For in God I trust. It sounds familiar. Isn't that on your money? In God, in God we trust? Where'd they get that from? Let me think. For in God I trust. I will not be afraid. See, when you trust God, there's no fear. When you have complete trust in God, Confidence replaces fear. And in Psalm 34, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all of my fears. When you trust God completely, you trust him even during prosperity. Even when times are well and good. Job 31 in 24, you see, because sometimes when we're, we're, we're doing well and we're, we're being prosperous and everything's working out great, there's a tendency to start to back off and we start losing sight of our source. We think our job is the source now. We think that our investments are the source now. We think that blah, 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 or whatever now has, has caused us to become fruitful. We should never allow that to happen because when we do, we stop the blessings of God in our lives. Job 31. If I have made gold my hope, or said to find gold, you are my confidence. If I have rejoiced because my wealth was great, and because my hand has gained much, and my mouth has kissed my hand, you're so good. This also would be an iniquity deserving of judgment. For I would have denied God who is above. You see, and so what he's saying here is that if I make all these things uh, my source of trust, etc., and so on, including myself and how smart I am, he said, that, that's sin. Because then I would be denying God. So this morning, where do you place your job? This morning, as we bow our hearts before the Lord,